Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my co-anchor and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Excited to be here for another installment of True Crime Paranormal. Yeah. We are just, we're tearing through. I'm so excited. I can't believe how many cases we've already done this year. I know. I know. It's weird. It's already February. We're already well into our second season. I know. Fast, man. It really is. Well, and we have something coming out on Patreon this week that I'm so excited about. Oh, I know. We are doing an episode on Agatha Christie and the disappearance of Agatha Christie. It is such a weird, interesting, maybe paranormal kind of, uh, you know, definitely requiring a little extra digging kind of a a story. And I'm way excited about it. So if you want to hear all about Agatha Christie, you'll definitely want to join our Patreon, which is True Crime Paranormal, you know, on Patreon. (laughs) But I'm very excited for that. I am too, because I'm a huge fan. I Growing up, I read tons of Agatha Christie. If you guys don't know who she is, very famous British um, murder mystery writer. Uh, She she developed the Perot, um, you know, Hercule Perot, if you're familiar, Mm -hmm. was one of her characters. Yeah. And um, and Miss Marple, of course, Hercule Perot and and Miss Marple probably are her most famous characters in there, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, some of my absolute favorite um, mystery novels of all time. I had no idea that this had happened to Agatha Christie until you told me about it recently. So I'm super interested. because She does all these mystery, you know, wrote all these mystery stories. And then she had a very real mystery happen to her. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting it's stuff. Really interesting stuff. So yeah, can't wait to uh, release that episode. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But today, I'm going to uh, present a case to Christy and let her cold read it. This is uh, a portion of our ongoing MMIW series. And this is a missing Indigenous girl from Canada. So if you missed it, we did do an episode this week about the Highway of Tears in Canada, in BC. And it's you really want to watch that. And, and educate yourself and learn a little bit more about the Highway of Tears. Uh, yes. We just knew we couldn't do it all in one episode. So we did that one as a standalone. And then we're doing uh, this one. And we'll do lots more on the Highway of Tears. because Oh, for sure. Holy Christ. But yeah. anyway, today we're talking about the disappearance of Delphine Nickel. Okay. So Delphine was a member of the Wet'suwet'en and tribe. Uh, youngest in her family. She was born near Smithers, British Columbia. Uh, She had a cousin who disappeared, and I can't tell you her name. It's not in front of me, but one of the other women who disappeared on the highway was a 15-year-old that was her cousin that disappeared a year before she did. Her family is no stranger to this stuff. So she lived uh, rural and, you know, on a farm, loving animals, having a wonderful uh, childhood until she was 11 and her dad died. Mm. And then she moved to a neighboring village of Telwaka to live with her, or Telqua, sorry, to live with her mother. Well, mom got really sick and had to have a surgery that went sideways. And she ended mm. up in a long-term stay in a hospital. Mm. when she was 15 
And so her mom actually was in a coma for four months and, and was very sick in bad shape. So she ended up living across, moving across the street to live with her uncle Frank. And so that's kind of what was going on in her life. She had had some struggles. She had been in and out of some uh, youth facilities and had had some dust ups with the police and, you know, had, had, had been living it up a little bit. <laughs> but, look at, look at what's happened in her life. I mean, yeah, so much instability. Yeah. yeah. Teenagers act out emotional pain through their behavior. That's how they communicate. Yeah. And so obviously she was communicating that things were not good. Yeah, for sure. So on Wednesday, June 13th, she had told her uncle that she was going to go to uh, hang out with some friends about two o'clock in the afternoon. And so she was going into town to hang out with some friends. So she did so and met with her friend Crystal and two other girls. They wandered around town all afternoon hanging out and they ended up at a gas station called the Mohawk gas station on the corner of Main Street and Highway 16. Hmm. So her friends said that she asked them if they wanted to sleep over, which they thought was kind of weird because she didn't usually have sleepovers and they all had school the next day. So Hmm. everybody said, no, they can't. And then they parted ways and she called her uncle from the gas station and told him that she was getting ready to head home and then left the gas station. And some witnesses say that they did see her hitchhiking in the eastbound lane of highway 16, but she never made it home. So in the following days, her family had, you know, been contacting the police. They were searching frantically for her and the police were like, basically like, oh, she, she's just a runaway. I'm sure she'll be home soon. Just tell all of her friends to tell her to come home. Boy, have we and, heard this story before. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Because she had some priors and, you know, had been in and out of some youth facilities, they were really treating it like she was just a troubled kid. She's run off. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the family is based absolutely frantic. They're knocking door to door in Vancouver, trying to find anybody who has seen her. But they had no support from law enforcement. Uh, When they finally did, uh, eventually the police ruled out foul play. They said they think uh, most young people that that go missing, they said, end up on the streets later. We find them on the streets in Vancouver. So surely she just took off to become a homeless person because why wouldn't she? Right. So, you know, the family, of course, uh, Delphine's mother was very sick and the family did not believe that she was a runaway. You know, that wasn't her MO at all. And they knew she wouldn't just take off with her mom as sick as she was. Yeah. And of course, all of her belongings were left at home. Her friends that she was close to didn't, uh, she hadn't said a thing to them about running away. Like her family really ruled out running away in a big hurry. Yeah. So if she was going to run off and go live on the streets, you'd think she'd at least take some of her things. Right. But she didn't, you know? Yeah. So I don't feel like she, there's an investigative service called CanPro that got involved and tried to help find her. And then the missing children society of Canada, they teamed up with CanPro and they offered a $10,000 reward. And then they had some info start rolling in. So then a Mohawk gas station employee said that they saw her getting into a red sports car the night she disappeared. 
some people pointed the finger at her uncle and they did investigate him, but there really wasn't any reason to think he'd done anything. And then he died. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't anything to go on there. I don't feel he did anything, but I do feel things were not good at home with him. I mm-hmm. feel like that's why she asked her friends to sleep over is that she was feeling a little unsafe at home, that things were not good with him mm-hmm. and that she did literally want somebody to come home with her, that she had some questions about whether she should go home safety wise. Yeah. I don't feel like that translates into she ran away. I don't feel that she did. Yeah. Um, but I, I will just, I just want to say that I do feel mm-hmm. that there was reason to look at the uncle, honestly, but I yeah. don't feel he, it had anything to do with her disappearance. Yeah. Okay. Um, in March of 2019, a witness came forward with information regarding her, which confirmed their family suspicions that she was most likely picked up with someone by someone who was headed out of the area. But that's, that's pretty much it. So since her disappearance, a Royal Canadian Mounted Police Task Force has been formed called EPANA to investigate all of these murders along the highway. And they've solved a few of them. Uh, Not Delphine's though. They've never found her. They have no idea where she went. Uh, The purpose of the task force was to determine if it was a serial killer, uh, if they had, you know, more serial killers on this highway or, you know, what, what was really going on here. So an EPANA has their own website and they are actively, you know, working on some of these cases. But again, a lot of them have been uh, dropped through the cracks because it was so easy to write them off as, you know, anything else besides a murder or foul play. Right. In, so in, yeah. Close it quickly. Yeah. Very frustrating. But that's what, uh, that's what we know about this case. Yeah. So, Christy, let's take a quick commercial break, and then would you like to read this case? Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores, and I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving. And I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear, or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean, and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always a package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean, and let's break your patterns. Okay, and we are back. So, Christy, what do you think? Okay, so first of all, I do not feel that she ran away. I also don't feel that her uncle had anything to do with her disappearance. I do feel she was feeling unsafe at home and that she was considering trying to get some help or have her friends come over. She was questioning whether or not to go home, not because she was running away, but because 
I feel like uncle was pretty angry and was pretty tough with her and she was just feeling really unsupported. I really rough. Yeah. I feel for this girl. It's a little unclear whether her mother was at home from the hospital at this point and just still really sick or if she was still in the hospital. That's something that I'm not clear about in the. uh, I don't feel that she had mom as a support at all when this happened. No. So I want to validate the red car, the red convertible that she did get into that car. This appeared to be someone with money, someone who offered to help her take her where she wanted to go. And she was a kid. She she had her head turned by the car. And just by the idea of this person maybe having money and being able to help her in some way. I don't feel that he took her in the direction of her home. I feel he went in the opposite direction of her home. And, and took her quite a long ways away. And initially, she was okay with that. Because she was just not sure what she wanted to do. Um, I do feel that when he got to his location that he raped and murdered her. That she was killed on the night that she went missing, that she didn't live beyond that, and that she is buried. But she is not buried anywhere near Highway 16. She's buried uh, in a forested area near where this person that took her lived at the time. And so it's very difficult to find her or look for her because she's not anywhere near where she went missing. She's a long ways. I would, I'm feeling about a hundred miles away from where she went missing is, is where her body actually is. Okay. She didn't know this man. She just, I I feel like she was feeling kind of desperate and somebody offered her a ride and it just felt good to have someone help her. And she just went without any real thought of what could happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, invincible, right? I mean, teenagers, teenagers they still think yeah. they're invinci- invincible. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like she just didn't have any idea that this person would harm her. They were nice. They offered her to help her. They had a nice car in her mind. It just yeah. never crossed her mind that they might harm her. But I do feel that, that they picked her up 100% with that intent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that person has committed other crimes on this highway? Yes. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. But they've, they're smart about it in that they take their victims far away from the highway. Mm-hmm. And so they have not really been identified as a car that's on that highway because, you know, as soon as they get somebody in their car, they go away a long ways away. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Hopefully the uh, changes that are coming, you know, and some that have already been implemented will help create more safety for all of these women and cut back on this stuff uh, or obliterate it. How's that? Yeah, but absolutely. At any rate, we sent all of our love to Delphine's family. I, this is, yeah. like I said, her cousin met the same fate. I mean, there's been plenty of heartache in their family because of this stretch of road and because of these crimes against indigenous women. So absolutely lots of love to them. All righty, you guys. Well, there you have it. That is Delphine's case. So uh, we will be back uh, tonight, Wednesday night for case updates at seven will mountain. And then we'll be back Thursday night for the psychic hour. Also at seven mountain. 
And, uh, you know, this is our third case of the week. So hopefully you've caught all of them. Lots of good stuff happening. And oh, we're grateful for you to be here. What's and that? Be sure to check out our new case over on Patreon. Yes. The disappearance of Agatha Christie. If you're not familiar with her, look her up. Very famous murder mystery novelist. And she experienced a mystery herself. And yes. Break that case down and give you a read on what we feel happened. Yeah, for sure. All righty. Thanks so much for being here. This has been True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys. Life is complicated. The last year has been so hard on sensitive people. So many uncertainties and so much heavy energy to wade through. People are working on jobs and relationships, energy work, self-development, and health. So why call me? Because my clients are my family. When you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack into a place of joy, peace, clarity, and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, Professional Psychic Advisor over at 12listen.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.